Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off showtime and potential. Nope. Like, uh, <laughs> I prepared the wrong episodes. Who <laughs> <laughs> said that so confidently? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I, that's why I was like, oh, I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Okay. This week, we're dusting off The Killer in Me and First Date. Quick word of warning to our listeners. I'm very ill. I'm going to do my best to not cough into the mic and to just generally keep my ickiness away from the mic and noises that I'm going to make in it to it. But if I sound weird, I'm trying my best, guys. I'm a little congested as well, but I'm going to make all the noises into the mic as much as possible. <laughs> Great. So we'll just balance each, balance each other out. Hey, it's the mucus in me. Uh, I can already hear, hear my voice is like two octaves lower. Yeah. No. Very sultry all of a sudden. Hello. Hello. So we got a stacker question this week from Tim. Tim said, Buffy has her sad overalls. I have my sad hoodie, a Punisher one. I wear it when I'm not feeling myself, like today. Sorry you weren't feeling like yourself, Tim. Hope you're back to normal. He asked, do you have a similar article of clothing? I don't have an article of clothing. Hmm. I have... It's going to sound weird. Maybe... The fat guys out there, back me up. I have a a style of wearing clothing where I'm depressed and it, it's really only when I'm by myself of just like just not putting everything on all the way. Uh, yeah, okay, fair. Just like having like the shirt kind of like not all the way down. Yeah. My socks kind of half on. Sure. Uh just cuz it's like it's more comfortable sometimes and uh I'm I'm not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> so I was just like it's not necessarily depressed. You live alone. Like so. Yeah. I live alone. It's not like I'm like you know in a, in a, an apartment with a lot of people and i'm just like hey here's my belly everybody um but yeah but no, not a particular article mm-hmm. um i almost wish i did now because that sounds like it would be very like a, a comfort blanket that's funny because that you say that because there was a time when i was trying to force this when i noticed buffy had sad overalls i started putting on my overalls every time i was like just feeling real down uh, that stopped when I realized I don't like overalls. They are not comfortable or flattering. Yeah. And I just kind of felt more like a farmer. <laughs> Didn't really work for me. Um, that doesn't cheer you up being not, a farmer? Not so much. It's a lot of work. It's a hard job. Yeah. Uh, I would say in general, I also have a style of clothing mm. that's more when I'm not feeling awesome. Um, Mike knows because he works with me. Most days, I may I will dress up. I wear at very least slacks to work. No. Um, you are hard pressed to find me in jeans. If you do, you're going to find me in pretty nice jeans. Mm. But if you see me in some ratty jeans mm. and an old t-shirt yeah. or like the, the, the epitome is I do not believe that leggings are pants. Mm. So if you see me wearing leggings as pants, oh. I'm not feeling great. Yeah. And like the ponytail is just yeah. like, I'm not messing with hair today. Yeah. Um, I'd say the closest I think I have to an exact article of clothing would be my oversized college sweatshirt. Mm, okay. Like the first day of classes, I bought like a triple XL mm. 
and that thing is so soft and ratty now. Yeah. I just I just swim in it. Mm. I just I just can turtle right into it. It's fabulous. Well, this is like any clothing that I I have like that. If I can wear it, I'll just wear it whenever because it's comfy. Yeah, like it's not like I'll reserve it for the sad times. I would say I also like just resort to if I'm home, just like just throw on a bathrobe over anything because mm. it's warm and it's soft and it's. I should get a nice bathrobe. You should. They're awesome. Yeah. Just to feel like I'm going to go pick out, pick up the paper and yell at the <laughs> local kids. Yeah. Being on my lawn. It's just a reverse Snuggie. A reverse Snuggie. That's, and that's how bathrobes were initially marketed. Yeah. What's that? Your reverse Snuggie. Let us know, Staggers, if you have your own sad clothing or just, I'm not feeling myself today outfit. Not a Halloween costume. A different kind of not feeling like yourself. Although sometimes, sometimes that can be both. Okay. Now let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on the killer in me. Speaking of shambling around... Giles is still wearing his fucking coat. <laughs> I don't think he's showered. He, he, he's, he's going for that like rustic, like I'm a cowboy kind of feel. Of just like I'm living in my clothes. I've 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 ba- I'm baked into these jeans. Blah, that's a mental image. <laughs> I'm just picturing someone stuffing baked macaroni and cheese down their pants. <laughs> But enough about me and uh, the college dorm cafeteria. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's how you get it out of there. Yeah. Just line the, the pockets with saran wrap. You're, you're golden. Might get some burns every now and then, but you know, <laughs> it's the price of doing business. So the potentials are going on a vision quest. Uh, mine is Kennedy, who has the flu. Mm-hmm. Oh, she must have gotten me sick. Really, if you're very careful at watching, minus everyone, because they could not afford any of the actors. Right? Just, oh, nope, they're in the car. No, now they're intense. I have expected it to be like, you see the shadows moving around like in Home Alone, where it's clearly just a cut out. (laughs) Just Michael Jordan on a turntable. (laughs) Yep. That's it. Uh, So this is the first of many episodes, in my memory, Mm -hmm. again, I have not seen season seven in a while, where SMG is losing her voice. Mm, yeah i just remember that being a theme of season seven where she's always a little squeaky no this one they kind of draw attention to it because they give her like a big steamy mug Mm. so i feel like they were like um we gotta like work this into the story that you have laryngitis so have some tea as a prop but really drink the tea another one of those things where it's like god damn they needed to throw more money at the season because like you can't just like have your badass vampire slayer just have laryngitis for no plot reason for I mean, a couple I, episodes. I don't even think that's a budget thing. It just, to me, it goes along with she looks so tiny and weak mm-hmm. in this season yeah. that, like, her feeling ill just kind of adds to, like, that is a tiny, weak, infirm person. <laughs> Someone could snap her like a twig. So Spike is back to making use of those bachelor shackles in the basement. Getting <laughs> <laughs> his money's worth. Responsibility chain. <laughs> That's what that is. Yes. It's just, it's just for when Buffy's not around. He says he doesn't trust himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants, he, but he does trust her to protect the others when he, mm. when uh, she's around. I like that. This is yeah. a nice moment. Yeah. It's kind of like deeper than a romance because mm-hmm. it's not romantic at all, but it's really no. this heartfelt, I trust you, yeah. which 
kind of is like way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely like more intimate than they've ever been. Yes, yes, yeah. that's a good word. His chips misfires and he gets a super big headache. Aww. Her non-reaction kind of drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll happen. She's just staring at him. I'm like, well, I mean, like you would stand up and be like, whoa. Yeah, it, just like a physical response of like being yeah. drawn aback in some way. She gives him a look like he made a funny sneeze, and she's like, what's up with you? You being silly, Spike. (laughs) Meanwhile, Willow brings Kennedy a cup of tea, but Kennedy was faking. Oh, shit. But it's okay, because it's for a very important mission. Don't trust her, Willow. Gee, let's, let's take gender out of the equation. If a person were to lure another person into an activity with them based on it being a work function but turns out that was a lie and it all just a big scheme to get that person who's not interested in dating you on a date what would that be called um the 80s (laughs) (laughs) hashtag me too willow yeah this is yeah this is just would not be cool if they were opposite genders i've been trying to like Give the benefit of the doubt, but this episode, there's just like, they just keep piling on reasons to not give her the benefit of the doubt in any uh, way. They just, I mean, I really think the writers were like, this is cute because they're lesbians. Like, no. Well, even just listening to the commentary, they talk about how like, oh, isn't it nice that we had like a sweet relationship that happens between two lesbians? It's like, I think you, maybe no. because it was two women, you didn't notice how yes. creepy it was. That's exactly what's happening. And yeah, there's there's some red flags that we definitely like. I think in the next scene is when they bring up that Kennedy definitely didn't know for sure that Willow was gay. Yeah, and it makes it even like I don't know, kind of like more predatory in a sense of like I don't even know if you if you would possibly be interested, and I'm going to like aggressively pursue you. Yeah, like that's that's extra. Well, because again, if you make that a do, that's mm-hmm. just going after someone real hard, going after a girl real hardcore. Mm-hmm. And hey, it turns out that she's not even just a dude's man. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. It's real weird. There is, I mean, like, I, I feel bad for the actress that plays Kennedy because mm-hmm. she has these moments where like, yeah. they when they give Kennedy these really genuine moments where she's really being honest and heartfelt. Yeah. I feel it. I like that person. No, I don't think it's a, it's an issue with the 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 actor at all. I yeah. think she does a good job with what she's given, and she plays what the role is as written. Yeah, there's. Like I mean, only tries, so much you can do with what's yeah, on the page. Tries to be, you know, not creepy with it as much as you can, and be like, you know, more on the like playful side of like gentle, but there's still the things she says and does are not really uh okay when it comes to relationships so buffy's doing some detective work on spike's chip we don't know if it's because of the first or the chip does not work well with a soul Mm -hmm. or has the piece of equipment just passed its expiration date Uh, so buffy tries to call riley we don't really have a phone number for riley or does she it's a flower shop uh I don't know why. Johnny's there. He's getting a dozen red roses. I was, oh my God. I was just about to say, I picture the flower shop from the room yep. on the other <laughs> side of the phone. Oh, oh, hi, Buffy. Oh, yeah. You're my favorite customer. Thank you. I'll tell Riley. Bye. <laughs> 
She's, that's who she's on the phone with yep. when Johnny comes in, and that's why she's all confused. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's the shared universe. Yes. So Willow and Kennedy go on a date. Um, oh, we have passed over one of my favorite jokes. Oh, yes. In Buffy history, where Spike says, who you going to call? <laughs> and then pause. That phrase is never going to be usable again, is it? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I love it's really great timing just the pause that they give and the look at they give God, each other that phrase is never going to be useful again is it it's the same thing as like can you hear me now shit uh, oh by the way I'm not sure if I brought this up on the podcast but I am pissed about that can you hear me now guy doing ads for like sprint or whatever have you seen this he graduated from my college department yeah I've seen it well, you should get in touch and tell sure. him he's a filthy traitor. I'm not even like brand loyalty, Verizon, whatever. It's just like, no, they fucking like. It's kind of shitty in a way that you don't normally see that yeah. straight out call that like, I used to work for that other guy. I'm like, didn't you probably sign like a non-compete or something? And I'm sure it was like the day that expired, like they, they that's, hired I think that's something. exactly why yeah. it took so long. Yeah. Because it really seemed like, and now I can trash talk the other one. Yeah. It's, it's really like weird and creepy how it's just like oh and i'm just gonna like rub it in and i'm the face of this company now just shit talking my old company i don't like like no no you're not even the brand loyalty thing just like you're a traitor yeah they i i maybe you didn't get paid well the first time around sorry but like i don't know i don't know why that gets me so upset but it really does (laughs) it does i don't like it asshole i feel the same way uh so anyways we found out that willow's mom still exists well, just have parents. Well, has parents. Like At least sex. one. She did not yeah. talk about her dad, but she does talk about her mom. No. Who was cool with Willow coming out. Mm-hmm. That's great. No. And I like that Willow actually confronts Kennedy here and be like, why do you like me? You don't even know me. And and the stuff that Kennedy says is like, <sighs> yeah. first off, it's weird that she knows even that amount of stuff mm-hmm. in the short period of time. Which is like, you always pause Moulin Rouge on chapter 30, whatever. And it's like, yeah. how did you know that? How many times have you two watched Moulin Rouge in the yeah, past that's couple of days? Real questionable. <laughs> like, yeah. Unless that's something that Willow told her about herself. Which, in that case, then you should already know her. Well, I don't, yeah. The, the speed at which this relationship is going just doesn't make any sense. No. Where like, I, and it's not that I, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, Willow can never be with anybody again. Like, no. she should never get over Tara, but it should, it, I don't know. I think it should be more of like a, like, hey, this is hard. I'm getting over this. That should be the story as opposed to like, well, I'm on the prowl. Let me get this Willow. I mean, I feel like they, I, I disagree. I feel like Willow is totally like, look, I'm still, I mean, that's what this whole episode is about, that she's still, grieving and really not ready but the Mm. fact that she is grieving and really not ready really means that we're not into kennedy because don't try to force someone to do shit when they're not ready for it yeah i i guess that's the thing is like i don't understand how kennedy is acting is persuading willow into like getting into this relationship when i don't know i feel like if i was in that situation where i had somebody that like i truly loved that died horribly and it was this super traumatic thing even if you take the magic murder out of it, but like this super intense traumatic event where I lost somebody. And this is like maybe a year later. I don't think that somebody being like super aggressively into me would be what I'd be after. 
Well, and you know, to each their time. own. People take longer no. periods to move on or go into their next relationship. And sometimes people go right into another one. And I pass no judgment on that. Mm-hmm. But Willow has said yeah. that she's not into this. That's what bugs me is that mm-hmm. she's made it very clear that like, I do not want this right now. This yeah. is unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has the whole line about the chapter 32 of Moulin Rouge, blah. And no, although I do understand that sentiment, I kind of agree. I feel like the movie didn't need to be tragic at the end because that, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. Sure. We'll do Moulin um, Rouge on a field trip. <laughs> we got a lot of, lot of back ordered uh, field trips. I haven't even told you about the ones that stackers submit. Oh, no. There's a lot. <laughs> We're just going to be going on field trips all year. That round. becomes the whole podcast. Yep. Uh, Sunnydale Stacks Field Trips. What is the name of this podcast? <laughs> they just talk about movies. Um, but, uh, like, what does, how, how does Kennedy even know she's interested in Willow besides just, like, being attractive? And that's fine. I mean, that's how relations, like, any relationship starts really is being like, hey, I found you attractive. I'm going to make a move, but then you, before you gotta like then build a relationship on top of that. Yeah. And not just like keep making moves until one sticks. Yeah. That's like pushy guys at the bar that yeah. don't hear when you say no. I feel they need to do a better job of showing why Willow is charmed by this. Okay. Cause like I, I don't get it in this episode. I don't get why she's into Kennedy at the end. Well, and it, this, I, so this is where like the date takes a turn mm-hmm. or the relationship does that it goes from Willow saying like, oh my God, back off. You're too mm-hmm. aggressive to they have a kiss. Yeah. And hey, mag- uh, magic. Willow turns into Warren. Mm-hmm. This is a really cool shot. The way that yeah. they go, they spin around them mm-hmm. and you see Willow's red hair and then Kennedy's red hair and then like it as you you're so close to them that the shadow makes the screen black and mm-hmm. when you come around the other side it's born yeah well i think in maybe not in the first one but i think in the second one they i think they just did it practically of just like having one actor swoop down the other one go up oh like in yeah. real time not yeah. like a cut like cause this so. one i think is pretty obviously yeah a cut. yeah i think they they couldn't do it this time but i don't know the way it looked like that to me the second one which i thought was pretty cool they also shot uh, this whole episode pretty interestingly that they filmed every scene that has both Willow and Warren twice, once mm-hmm. with Willow, once with Warren. And whomever they shot first depends on how Willowy Willow is supposed to be uh, or how Warren-y yeah. Willow is supposed to be at that given point. So if she's really turning into Warren at mm-hmm. that point, Warren shoots it per- first. Yeah. And then if she's, you know, more Willow, it's uh, Allison Hannigan first. Yeah. That's really cool. So you'd say Willow's surprised by this, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the name of the actor who plays Warren is uh, Adam Bush, correct? Yeah. So she's Adam Bushwhacked. Oh, take a drink. He's so proud. You're so... He's actually... He's he's bowing to a crowd. Yep. Oh, accepting roses. Roses from the... Oh, he's crying. Oh, Oh, he's getting a crown on him. Wow, that crowd loves him. Oh, now he's a tyrant. He's now commanding the crowd. Oh, nope. No, oh, the, the crowd turned. They ha- they hanged him. He's dead. All right. <laughs> Whole birth, yep. life, death there. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. That was some great pantomime. You're welcome. I'm sorry. That's not a visual podcast, Stackers. I, well, I'm clearly uh, a great interpreter. Mm-hmm. So as an actor, I find 
the this concept awesome. Yeah. Just the way they yeah. shot it, the the direction that you would give the other mm-hmm. actor, being an actor watching the other actor and being like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to be them. Yeah. And the only thing that's different is my body there. Yeah. That's I just like, I, I have to match the energy and like yeah. the physicality and everything. I think it would be a really fun exercise to do as an exactly. Actor. That's what I, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, I want to play this game. Like yes. I just I want to <laughs> do this. And I'm not saying that like I like this is not me being like I'm amazing so I could do this. I'm saying like I want to try. Yeah. No, because I think it, it like it's a it would be a great way to exercise all those things that are. The more technical aspects that yeah. sometimes get lost when it's just like, no, I am my character. It's like, yeah, but like you got to find your mark and that well, kind of stuff. Well, not just that, but the idea that like being in the body of another person, mm-hmm. I think, is the hardest part of acting. And so like literally you're just paying attention to like mm-hmm. what this other person is doing and I have to match them. And like, how does Willow stand? And how does Willow deliver this line? Not how would I do it? How does she do it? Yeah. And specifically, like, it's obviously somebody you wouldn't be cast as. Because to a certain degree, like, a lot of actors only get pulled so far because of, like, how they look. They're going to get cast as certain parts. Yeah. Like, there's not very many instances where Allison Hannigan would be cast as a misogynist male undead man. Yeah, I mean, how often does that happen? Yeah, that's not too common. So her instinct is to run downstairs, tell the gang, but oh shit, they think I'm the first. And that's interesting because I originally was like, oh, because they're going to think this is Warren or a Warren ghost. Nope, they're well aware that the first is being dead people, so they're immediately thinking it's the first. And Andrew confronts him. And <laughs> grabs his boobs. Grabs his boobs. That's a great moment. Uh, Buffy walks in and immediately punches him. I yeah. love this. That she knows the first is incorporeal, but like just her instinct is like, fuck this dude. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that it's not just because she hates the first, but also because she hates Warren. I want so I, I wanted to be more about Warren than yeah. just like, fuck you. Are you the first? I, uh, I should have asked that first. <laughs> I just hate you so much. Yeah. Uh, I, so. Willow, uh, as Warren has trouble convincing them. So she does so by talking about, uh, Xander and other stories, uh, non yellow crayon stories where he doesn't come out in such a good light, mm. like the Aquaman underoos story, which I just really want to know now. I was trying to think, like, what would be like the most embarrassing story that could be? And like, you're thinking like Aquaman under roofs, like, oh, dude, like pee his pants or something. That's what I went himself. to. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, ah, that, like, that's not that embarrassing. What I think happened. Yeah. Is that, uh, for whatever reason, there's another kid who had spare underpants in his backpack. And Xander was jealous. And what he did was he stole Aquaman under roofs. How humiliating is that? Shameful. That you stole, probably used underwear from another kid. That's that's my headcanon of the Aquaman underoo story. I went with he forgot to um, pull his pants up after using the restroom. Like just that his Ooh, pants were down. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was making fun that he had Aquaman mm-hmm. pants on. So Willow wouldn't accept help. She says, I can fix it on my own. I've got this. Uh, they're, they, you know, they got to figure out Spike's chip thingy and the potentials are gone and she's out. Uh, Spike is so at this point overwhelmed with chip pain that he's com- he passes out. He's incapacitated. So Kennedy tags along with Willow again, not taking no for an answer. Literally saying, "I'm taking that as a yes." 
<sighs> you're really you're just you're I feel like at this point you're baiting people to like hate you and use you as an example of like you're you literally say, I'm taking that as a yes. Kennedy, the consent slayer. Uh. Uh, so Willow goes to the university to seek help from the Wiccans. These are the same Wiccans that season four were throwing bake sales. Yeah, uh, they, they've changed a bit. They are they've got glowing gems. It's one of those things where it, it almost feels like were they trying to do a spinoff? Like it's the campus Wiccans. No, I mean I, I like this the uh, and like the callback to like oh you guys have graduated a bit, huh? The only reason that that doesn't make sense is then why go to them? Is it just like a thing like oh there's some spells I know that need more than one person? Possibly that because anyway. she did say that she tried a spell even though mm-hmm. we didn't see it. Yeah, feels like a cutscene and it went kerpoofy. So meanwhile, Buffy and Spike go to the initiative to snag some old pain meds. I feel like there's a PSA here about, uh, you know, not stealing pain medication to self-medicate. I, I don't know how big big of an... I just feel like this for on today, th- it would be a metaphor for the opioid crisis. Oh, um, I could see them find a way to do that. Like a little cheesy message at the end. I had, Spike talking directly to the camera. <laughs> I had this weird idea... And it just like this episode reminded me of it, of wouldn't it have been cool. And like, I don't know if they, this could have been like a one off issue of like the Buffy comic or something. If like there were still people and demons alive in the initiative and it kind of developed into this weird like mini ecosystem. Yeah. Be like cool. that would be really cool. And so just like, oh, there's like one demon kind of still hanging around. Yeah, how, is, how is he still alive? Yeah, I guess he's maybe he's like some kind of corpse feeding. I'm demon. about to say feeding off the dead body. Sure. Yeah. The Scoobies get a call from England and say that, so Rob said the dude that we saw passed out that Giles ran to go help like mm-hmm. five episodes ago. Do you remember that very short scene? Yeah. Uh, With our favorite character, Robson. Robson. Which by notes, I keep wanting to be like, no, Kristen, you misspelled Robin- Robinson. It's Robson. Nope. Uh, Robson says that Giles was attacked. Um, he passed out, but when he came to, Giles was gone. Mm-hmm. So... Did he die? Is he the first? If not, then why did he leave Robson alone? Like, why did he? Yeah. His friend is like in medical danger, and he just this will come up again in the next episode of like, okay, so it's not the thing you were hinting it might be. Then why did this happen? Yeah, not explained. Yeah, like why, why did you never take off your coat and walk around with your arms crossed, not touching anything? Yeah, why? <laughs> Why would you leave your friend who was like in such a bad state that he passed out mid sentence and not leave even leave a note like, hey, sorry, had the jet ripper. Like, I mean, like be the person that calls the ambulance. Yeah. So Campus Wiccans, Amy is there. I remember this being a big surprise when yeah. I when I first saw it. She comes clean. She says, I'm screwed up, but I'm working on it and I'm better. This is all very new agey Mm self-help. The uh, Campus Wiccans only work on healing meditation. They don't actually do spells. There's a lot of like 12-step type language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's very much in recovery. I don't like this. I don't. And like, it's, mm. I don't have ex- exact reasons except for like, I don't like new agey stuff. Mm. So the way that the other person's like, Amy, no, I want to. Okay, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I, that ring is true to me just because of like people I've seen in similar scenarios, how they get very like, almost in response to like, 
well, I can't be, you know, a, a an asshole because of, you know, whatever issue I had. So I'm going to be like as calm as I can be. And they're like putting it on in a way that's yeah. like, that's not real. That's, like, I mean, you, it's, can, uh, you can just not be a jerk. Yeah. You can <laughs> still be a genuine human. Yeah. Amy tries a spell, but it doesn't work. And Willow fully warns out, says, yeah. you dumb bitch, slaps her. That's fine. I'm fine with that. That's That doesn't even have to be worried. Amy deserves this. Although, on the other hand, like, Amy was a rat for a long time. Whose fault is that? But, like, I could, I could understand having some resentment. Especially when, like, Willow clearly demonstrated if she really cared, she can, like, end the world. And she couldn't, like, fix Amy a little sooner. I, I... I understand. I don't agree, but I understand where Amy's coming from. No. No. And then she dosed her. The, like, the, our, the last couple of episodes we saw Amy, she was like a terrible, horrible bitch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Slap that dumb bitch. Uh, so Willow is realizing that the longer she stays as Warren, the more she's becoming Warren. Mm-hmm. And she freaks out. <gasps> In the tunnels, it is a real live horror show. Uh, According to my notes... Corp City, USA. It, it, that is Corp City, USA, the capital of Corpse Nation. The initiative just sealed the tunnels off. They left the bodies to rot. Mm. I bet it smells wonderful in there. I'm glad I am so stuffed up. <laughs> I, I do like it. They kind of point this out on the commentary about how when they go in there, they just kind of lift up a grate and a couple of rocks fall, even though it was said like, and fill it with concrete. Yeah. It was like, so you guys just kind of like poured some concrete over a grate and hoped it would yeah. be enough. Some shitty contract work, I'm telling you. So I, the reason this is interesting, like I have to say like this part of the story kind of drags, mm-hmm. but the reason I like this is that it's very much shot like a horror movie. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that. It's it's shot differently than a lot of horror stuff in Buffy. Well, and not only that, we haven't had horror stuff in Buffy in a in while like, now. At least a season, if not three, yeah. if not four. So like this is just like, oh my god, remember when Buffy had a horror aspect? Yeah. It wasn't all about the characters and there happens to be a monster. Yeah, this is basically a haunted house sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so Amy mentions that Kennedy's a potential and that's how we know that Amy's full of shit. Mm-hmm. And speaking of dosing Willow, she's done it yet again. Womp womp. She cast a spell on Willow um, that would it would decide what took the form of punishment. And mm-hmm. so because Willow was feeling guilty, um, her guilt manifested as Warren. And my guilt manifested as a siren. But Willow's not feeling guilty anymore. Now she's just feeling like Warren. So what's Warren do? Buys a gun. He goes buys a gun like a real American. And I, I love that the guy remembers him and is like, oh yeah, you need another pistol. What did you be like? Why do you need the exact, exact same, same gun? Pistol. Mm, what? What happened to the last one? Yeah. Why would you need the exact same one? No. That's weird. He's like, not a responsible shopkeeper. Yeah. Also, this guy's dead, so you're not performing the requisite background checks. I mean, I don't know what the California gun laws were at the time of like what kind sure. of background check you needed. But, but I, I assume it was probably something. Always been a liberal state. At least, at least ID, assume. probably. Yeah. And like an Willow official does gun not store. have. No. Not it, as the magic spell magics her ID. Yeah. Into, yeah. 
I mean, I guess maybe the guy was like, oh, I remember you. So you don't have to Good enough. do the paperwork. I don't think so, sir. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's a guy's not running a store very well. No. <laughs> it's just like, I think I remember you. You need another of the exact same gun that why would you need two if the first one worked? <laughs> seems legit. Yeah, seems legit. Meanwhile, the Scoobies attack Giles in the desert. And I do like this, like, all like, I'm touching him. Are you touching him? I can touch him. We can all touch him, right? Like, Jesus Christ, stop touching me. A very important question. Yeah. Did Andrew touch Giles' dick? <laughs> I, I have to watch it again. Did he? It, they don't show it, but the way Giles reacts to Andrew oh, touching him. Yeah, okay. It feels like it was more than a leg. Nice. Yeah. If anyone was going to, it would be Andrew. Just out of curiosity. I mean, we all would. Oh, I, think. I mean, like. Really, this can. scene, I, I feel vindicated because it feels like finally what everyone would do in real life if they saw Giles would just uncontrollably touch him. And this is why you're not allowed at Comic-Con. Hey, I, I said I'd only do it a little bit. <laughs> Tony, come on. I do like the line. Wait, you think I'm evil because I bring a bunch of girls into the desert and don't touch them? My. I, I do like that as well. I feel like it would have been stronger if it was young girls. Yeah. 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 Fair. Because otherwise it might just be like, still like a little skeezy of just like, I'm bringing all these girls to the to the woods. But like, specifically like, these are young girls. Yeah. They're like 17, yeah. 16. These aren't a bunch of like uh, Olivia's who are like, you know, just into it. These are, you know, children. Right. Oh, Olivia. I miss Olivia. Yeah. So Buffy kills that hungry, hungry, hungry demon. That is hard to say when you have a cold. Hungry, hungry demon. Hungry, hungry demon. The initiative shows up. Turns out that Riley actually did get his, get her message. Mm-hmm. That's a shared universe. Did they bring those lights or were those there? Right? Like, they're, like, they're just like, you guys, you just didn't flip the switch. You just, it's right here. It's right by the door. You just, it's just move it to the on position. Oh, uh, I checked the, I checked the other side. I thought it would be on the, on the left. Yeah, it's on the it's right. It's on the right. I guess that makes more sense. I love that Riley said to help Assface. Look, yeah. That's, that's what he said his name was. <laughs> I love that. It's like a Simpsons-style prank phone call. Yeah. Assface. Turns out the chip was degraded, had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the first or his soul, and they leave Buffy with the decision to repair or remove it. I do like that. I do find it very weird they say that if they left it in, it would be fatal. He is a vampire. Would it explode his whole head off? I mean, I assume, yeah. That seems like a capability the chip has not had before. Well, no, that chip has never backfired before. Well, it just seems like, I don't know, there's a big difference between, like, emitting electrical shock, so shots and blowing up a head. Yeah, I don't know if there's such a thing as, like, an electrical shock so strong that it, I mean... But he's a vampire. It could sever your... Because it would sense impulses down your spine. Mm-hmm. And if... Like decapitating someone is the act of that. It, it's whatever, like severing that nerve. If the electrical charge can fry that nerve, See, that's I, the same thing. I, I feel like that that wouldn't be the same thing. I feel like it has to literally be like separating the head from the body for a vampire. Yeah. That just that that feels more appropriate for like a magical way to kill something. Then I'm gonna go with it's a Suicide Squad style exploding head. So we all know how how. Well thought out the Suicide Squad film was. That was great. I mean, in the comics, they have the same thing. So The animated one was good. Yes, it was. It's like literally they should have just made that as live action movie. Absolutely. It would have been ten times better. So <laughs> California must be an open carry state 
which is strange considering how liberal it is because Willow is just strut around with that gun out. This isn't the same as like, oh, there's demons and nobody knows. It's like this this feels weird that nobody would notice somebody just walking with a gun and like sweet little suburban like marching with it and yeah. it's not like she's holding on to a hunting rifle or something mm-hmm. like nope that's straight up a handgun yeah so it turns out amy hexed willow the subconscious picks up the punishment uh and the, i do understand amy's resentment of like everyone's mad at me no one wants to be my friend but willow kills the guy and they still want to be her friend yeah. that the jealousy there i can get that it's not okay no no, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand. I don't agree. Right. Gotcha. Um, I do love the name of the spell, the Penance Malediction. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's great. It's fabulous. Amy transports Kennedy to the Summer's backyard, which, holy shit, like the second she pops in there, just the, the way this shot is lined up, I remember immediately being like, fuck. Yeah. Because just that shot of the bench, we yeah. like never ever see that bench mm-hmm. again. It's never framed so prominently. Yeah. Yeah. And like the bright lighting, we hardly ever get buffed. Yeah. It, it's just immediately recognizable. Like, I know what yeah. happens. Well, it just makes me think again, like how well shot that scene was originally of like, it, it's it's the same thing they, they did in the body episode of just like a couple moments of just like noticing details, which is, I think, very true to traumatic experience. Yes. Where like, you know, your brain just enters that like, super active mode where the details are seared into your brain because like you're in panic mode and right. that your brain needs to take in all the information. And it's just like, you notice that bench in a way you've never noticed that bench. Right. Cause of what happened there. Yeah. Willow is recreating the Warren shot heard around the world. I, the Willow here is, I mean, mm-hmm. what more can I say about Allison Hannigan? The Freudians lives that I killed Tara or you, you got me to forget Tara She's mad at Kennedy. She blames her that she, for a second there, she was happy and she forgot that she was supposed to be grieving. She says, when I forgot her, she was really dead and therefore I killed her. After this. So I know that like in Disney movies, yeah. kisses fix everything. Well, here's the thing. If, if the whole character hadn't been wrapped up in this weird, like non-consensual coercion, overly aggressive approach to willow this could be really sweet here's my problem with it yeah it doesn't fix anything anything it does not address Mm -hmm. willow's guilt it doesn't address her mourning it doesn't address how do i move on Mm -hmm. it's just like it's the same problem with kennedy we're making it cute we think this is cute it's cute right like no willow just brought up some majorly heavy shit Mm -hmm. and kennedy it's not like kennedy says something to make it okay yeah. and then kisses willow she's just like i get how this magic stuff works mm-hmm. kiss like no 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 well because in and that way it's also like rewarding her bad behavior even further of like i'm just going to like force my way into things and just like assume i'm in the right and making the problem worse that she's saying that like you know, you made me forget tara when you kissed me you made me forget tara she's like so i'm just gonna kiss you again right I just didn't kiss you hard enough. That's a pair. We just, our teeth need to hit each other. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I I could see a world wherein the relationship had been set up better. Maybe Kennedy's character was tweaked and it wouldn't have felt as much as a cheat of like, no, you are just forgetting 
Terra and you're rewarding this, you know, predator. Um, if the characters were in slightly different places, especially Kennedy, but yeah, the way it is, it's just like, Oh, that this doesn't really make sense. I I, I would be okay with it. If it wasn't just a kiss, if Kennedy said something Mm -hmm. supportive in the, in the fucking season of speeches, if Kennedy said something to say, to like make Willow feel better about like, like something about like you you don't have to forget her. Yeah. For us to be together. Like Yeah, something along, something those, along those lines. lines. Yeah. And then there's a kiss. And then I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this one? Um just like a really weird technical thing of like I don't want to say it comes across as lazy because that seems like a little mean. But so Willow kind of magics Kennedy into the backyard. But it was nighttime, right? And now it's daytime. And now it's still daytime at the end? Ah. Uh, I think it was nighttime when... I... Uh, uh. So it was definitely nighttime um, after they did the campus Wiccans thing. Yeah. Because then they do the whole Giles in the desert thing. Mm-hmm. When she buys the gun, I think it's daytime. Or, yeah. I, the, the... I don't know if they're linear in terms of... Yeah, and I and I would be fine if the whole like the scene with uh and I think it would actually be kind of cool if the Kennedy Willow scene was in daytime kind of weirdly inexplicably when yeah. it was still night and then maybe as they're walking off together it's night again where it's like sure. this is all something Willow had had done with this weird magic thing that she had con- you know conjured Kennedy into the same position and Yeah. And made it all happen. But other, it just seems like weird. Like, I don't know when the last 10 minutes of this episode are happening. Is it That's just the fair. next morning? Yeah. If so, like, I, it's not clear. I, you know, I really want to like this episode. I like the concept. Yeah. Um, the story of how it was filmed is just fascinating for yeah. me. I like the fact that we explore Willow's guilt over mm-hmm. mourning because, yeah. like, that. That's just cool. That's a nice sidestep from the, you know, the first evil arc that like mm-hmm. is interesting because she's a big character and it's a yeah. big emotional journey she's going on. And for a show that often just seems to do a great job with death and mourning and those mm-hmm. themes, um, it's, I think it's important to also deal with what comes after in terms of like months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. I like the, I love the Willow Ward thing. I think Adam Bush and mm-hmm. Alison Hannigan do such an amazing job here. And it's technically shot beautifully. It beautifully. Um, and again, the, the haunted house aspect of the Spike storyline is, is an interesting juxtaposition. I miss having a horror aspect. The only downside here is that they just make a lot of mistakes when they write Kennedy. Yeah. And I would really like to like her. Yeah. Um, I just, they have not done a good job. No, I, I agree totally. Like a lot of the elements of this episode work for me, um, both in like theory, especially, but also in practice. And I think, yeah, the, where this episode falls down is it's, you just can't ignore the Kennedy character as written is to use the buzzword problematic and it's not really addressed correctly. Yeah. She's not a dynamic character. The the faults that she admits to in the beginning of the episode that like caused problems and they had ramifications. 
by the end of the episode, if this is like a classic storyline structure, by the end of the episode, she should have learned her lesson about being pushy, about doing what you want when people say no. And she should have used that to solve the problem. But she didn't change. She just continued to be like, I'm going to push my way in here and do what I want. And look, I got what I wanted out of it. And there's a difference between being like confident and assertive and like willing to go for something and understanding boundaries and limitations, both of yourself and others. Yep. And that's like, that's a totally cool idea for a character to explore if you actually make the limits and boundaries of them and other people a more important part of that character's journey. You know, I'm trying to think like, okay, who else on the show is sexually confident and outgoing, but no means no with that person? It's Anya. Yeah. No. And like, I, and again, I'm fine with it being that, that Kennedy does do some of this stuff and it is inappropriate and wrong. And then she has to like learn about it. Especially if if she saw that. Yeah. If she's going to be the the love interest for one of the main characters from here on in and i don't remember it really ever you know being addressed in the rest of the season certainly isn't in the next episode they're just kind of like oh yeah we're we're sleeping together probably actually sleeping together who knows whatever we're together now yeah it's it's a missed opportunity to make it okay for the rest of the season because in my memory this is the only time that kennedy's Selfishness is addressed. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. Ooh, it's time uh, to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Sunnydale Singles, the Hellmouth's premier dating service. Looking for your next honey? Do your significant others keep skipping town? Or dying also dying? Sign up for Sunnydale Singles and we'll match you with another hopeless weirdo. Searching for your soulmate can be exhausting. And with the Hellmouth's short lifespan, you face a constant need to re-dip your toes into the dating pool before they get a toe tag. We at Sunnydale Singles will scour our database, filtering out the permanently deceased and matching you with a hilariously ironic companion. Slayer and vampire, human and mantis, mourning introvert and oblivious predator— We've got a twisted match for every person or thing. Our applicants are sexy and surprising. You'll never guess what terrible trait or secret they're hiding behind that beautiful facade. And with only one street in town, you're guaranteed to constantly run into your ex while in the company of your latest meaty treat. With an almost certain death facing you in the next month, week, or hour, why be picky? Sunnydale Singles. Because we're all doomed. Doomed! It's time to put the killer in me back on the shelf. Because I got a killer in me. I'm going to put him away for now so you're safe. Oh, God. And open the books on first date. Now we see what really happened when that bringer attacked Giles in England. He beheaded the bringer with his spidey sense. I, yeah, definitely. Well, shoe squeaked, but this is definitely. I mean, when we saw this the last time, that axe oh, was coming boy. down. It was already on your neck. There's no yeah. way you got out of that. You're dead, bud. Or, or specifically, the way he does of grabbing the axe. What I I want, and part of me almost thought, did this happen? 
is that's the story he tells, but then we see the actual story is Giles just like trips as the bringer is about to that. like behead him. Love it. And just kind of gets lucky. I I wish that was real. Yeah. That's gonna that's be my headcanon. the headcanon for me too now. Yep. <laughs> so Chow An. Chow An? Chow An joins the potentials. Mm-hmm. Uh she does not speak English, which will make for several hilarious mm-hmm. interactions, especially because Giles thinks that he speaks Cantonese. He just is talking English slow. Yeah, no, he's just, he's terrible. Uh, Spike attacks Giles, <laughs> uh, which tips him off that the chip was removed. So that was Buffy's decision. The end of, was of the last episode was kind of a cliffhanger. Repair or remove. Buffy chose remove. And the next day, Giles confronts Buffy about it. So what do you think, Mike? Who's right, Buffy or Giles? I mean, I, I kind of have to say with Buffy just because, I mean, maybe not for the reasons listed, mm-hmm. but like the thing you're probably most worried about is the first taking over Spike. I mean, I guess you could be worried that even with the soul, he might still turn evil, yeah. but I feel like there's not much to prove that. And I will just say Angelus turned evil or Angel turned evil after he had already gotten his soul. When are you talking about? Season two. That like the idea that like well Spike has a soul now and forever. Oh, Angel well. soul soul comes and goes. Yeah, but there's nothing to to assume that Spike's going to lose his soul again. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the, in that case, then like everyone should have a chip in case they turn into a vampire. This is a different police state that might be a young A novel I have to write. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Everyone has to have chips unless because so if they turn into vampires, cause the vampires are trying to take over, but they're just sexy and brooding. <laughs> just please don't make them sparkle. But I and and yeah, I mean I understand like the the temptation to be like more cautious of having that that extra safeguard in place, but it's also just like not very humane and not particularly effective against the first. So that's true. I mean, like. I found this interesting because I feel like the first time I watched season seven, my gut reaction to Giles being like, I can't believe you removed the chip was that it was all about like, I don't like Spike and I don't trust that guy. Um, so I've always been like, you're being unreasonable, pal. He's got a soul. He's basically angel. And like, I get it. Giles didn't like angel for a good time, but like, he's good. He's fine now. He earned this. I'm like, what if he needs to punch a bad human? Yeah. This is the first time I really, I, you know, stopped being a child about it and kind of thought about like, I, I kind of see Giles's point, especially because Spike was controlled by the first for a while that like, okay, that like Giles says, like when he's in control of his own actions, he's going to be good but he's recently not been control of his own actions. But that argument falls apart when you think about the fact that, right. And he had the chip and it wasn't working when the first confronted him or controlled him. And I guess you could make the argument. Maybe that was part of the chip breaking down, but we don't, I don't see any evidence. We have no idea. No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just, this is an interesting debate. No, I, I, and I definitely don't think like Giles is being unreasonable. I think he definitely yeah. has a point. Yeah, but I always fall on the side of Buffy. Like, mm-hmm. and also like he has a soul. You wouldn't mm-hmm. put a chip in Angel's head. Yeah. Uh, and also like we've learned that those chips have an expiration date. So it's just going to start deteriorating again. Mm-hmm. 
and it's only been like two years. So that would yeah. suck to have to get a chip back to me every two years. Another way to look at it is I would rather run the risk of accidentally having a bad spike when you don't want it than to not have a good spike when you do want yeah. it. And I feel like if you kept the chip in, there's a, a lot more chance of ruining your spike. Yeah. I will, and, the, you know, um, I hate eating crow. One of our listeners, Russell, sent us a clip from another season or episode later on that states bluntly that the bringers are people. Mm-hmm. So you're right. <laughs> yeah. Eh. Um, but that is an instance of like, okay, they're people, but they're bad people and Spike couldn't punch them. Yeah. Or like Caleb, I don't know if he's technically a human still because he's definitely got some evil shit going mm-hmm. on in him, but I would want Spike to be able to punch Caleb. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Giles expresses worry that even if Buffy and Spike aren't banging anymore, they still have a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's. I feel like there's pluses and minuses to that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to be like... He's got a soul now, and he has real feelings for you, and he's a good person now, but don't you care about him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Xander spots Ashanti at Home Depot buying Oof. a rope. Not Oof. always there when you call, but I'm always on time. I gave you my... <gasps> now, baby, be I think mine. that might be Not the problem. I, I wish he wasn't on time. <laughs> and had maybe been replaced by... A couple of boxes. Spoiler alert, guys. I'm not a big fan of Ashanti's acting work. Uh, I like her music, and she is pretty. Yep, she is a very attractive woman. She had some some big hit singles back in the day. I I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I get I get it as a singer. There is a, a reason that her acting career did not take off. Oh, and it's just so sad watching it on the DVDs and like she's like the primary image, you know, and like little collage yeah. of it, image for the episode. I'm like, yep, that's this episode. Thanks for warning me. So Xander is charming and goofy here mm-hmm. and manages to ask her out. No. And God, God bless you, Nicholas Brennan. You're, you're trying your best to carry this scene. He, I mean, yeah, it is like we put a stick there. Yeah. Ask that stick out. It's like. If when Harry met Sally, one of them was like a broom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Buffy gets caught snooping around Principal Wood's office. Uh, but it's okay because they asked her to dinner. Mm-hmm. He's turned on by theft. Yep. And apparently knives. And apparently knives. So after she leaves, he opens up the yeah. whiteboard behind him and he's just got a collection of every shape and size of dagger. Yeah, daggers and swords and a, uh, like a, a, a butcher's cleaver. How did you explain that to the builders? And like, it's not that hard to access. No. It's not like he has to enter into like a nine-digit code or something. It's just like... I'm open. also very confused about like, so after Buffy leaves, he takes out this dagger with mm-hmm. fresh blood on it. Yeah. What do you What do you stab? What is the blood from? Like, we don't hear anything about, like, a dead demon. No. And if it's not a vampire. Yeah. And it's fresh blood. This isn't like, 
oh, he used it last week to kill, you know, a vampire right into a ringer. Like, no. What happened? We're missing a major part of the story now. And, and it's especially annoying because this is the episode where, spoilers, we find out he's not evil. And it's all <laughs> the seeding that you've done to really make him look evil now makes no sense. Because the explanation of why he didn't come out uh, is, uh, didn't feel like it. I wasn't ready. I didn't know if I was ready. It is so... <laughs> Like, yeah, they didn't think this through. And then they're like, uh, guys, we got to figure out why he didn't just go to the Slayer and be like, oh, hey, I'd like to help you kill vampires, please. Yeah. He's like, I didn't think I was ready. I mean, you're ready to dagger collection. Because obviously he's, he's he's not like in league with the, the Watchers Council or some like big organization. He's kind of like on his own. And maybe the the word that he'd gotten in the street was kind of. Like, I don't know if I can trust the Slayers. She's like, is friends with demons. Sure. Her, her that friend would have been better. Was like trying to end the world. I don't know if I can trust her. That you know, when you bury Jonathan's body, it doesn't make a super lot of sense if you're not evil to like just kind of desecrate a body that way. Yeah. If it was like, Oh, I need to cover this up so the school doesn't get shut down or something so I can investigate. Like, what was his? His reasoning there, yeah. did he know that it was who it was? Or if not, then why do you think a random person having been killed there was something he had to cover up personally? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I do like the line here when he's just like, it's not like I'm saying you go out on a date with me or you'll be fired. Ha ha ha. Actually, I'm going to need you to sign a piece of paper that says I did not just say that. See, like he at least understands there are like boundaries. Yeah. On, like a certain... You know, uh, the woman named after a famous president. <laughs> so Buffy has some gal talk with Willow. Either he likes Buffy because she's a sexy, sexy vixen. A frisky vixen. Thank you. Frisky vixen. Uh, he's promoting her. Let's all have a good but, laugh. But <laughs> she's bad at work. <laughs> or he's evil. Uh, I like that Buffy's excited to be attracted to someone who's not evil. Or is she attracted to him? Because, because she's evil. Yeah, it's also good to maybe be dating somebody who doesn't remember the Industrial Revolution. Not also good. Yeah, yeah, I like the. He's like ten years older than me. Wow, so you're doing much better than the last guy, and yeah. then the first guy. Yeah, and then I mean, I feel like eyebrows have has existed forever. <sighs> Those eyebrows were at the dawn of time. That's where he gets his power. <laughs> Those damn eyebrows. It's like how. uh Ego, the living planet, was just like a brain that attracted a bunch of mass. It was just eyebrows that attracted a douchebag. Xander shows up and announces that he's got a date that night. I'm like, Buffy also has a date. No, I have a date. No, I have a, you have a date. Okay. <laughs> There's some weird editing going on in this mm-hmm. scene. Did you notice it? No. What, what, what was she so talking So several about? times they, um, they cut, like someone stops talking mid-sentence. And you think that it's like because they're interrupted with some by something like I'll stop talking. It cuts to like a wider shot and like then someone comes in and interrupts my sentence. Like the reactions are just very weird. They're not picking up their cues. I was I in my notes it says you missed Giles. You missed your cue. Um, like they they literally it looks like Xander was still talking. They cut him off mid sentence. They cut to just a wide shot of all of them staring at huh. each other and then giles comes in 
And it's like, uh, they've got the interns in the editing room. What happened? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, that does sound really bad. Yeah, I don't usually know, like notice editing. So I feel like if I notice it, it means it's really bad. You guys. Yeah. We get another lactose intolerant chow on joke. I am very uncomfortable. I'm very like worried for, for her because <laughs> like you, nobody speaks your language right now and you're being whisked away to and there's like monsters. This is a terrifying situation. Yeah, I don't know how much she knows that like like the flashcards make it seem like does she know why she got on the plane? Yeah, like I know it's it's like played for comedy or or whatever, but there is like an element of the like this is horrifying. If you actually like take a minute to look at it from her point of view, this is really upsetting. Yes. Jonathan just won't let Andrew set the microwave clock in peace. Aw, Jonathan first. Side note, it is not intuitive. Anytime our power goes out, I need Chris to do it for me because I'm just... I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think it is goddamn outrageous that there is not a standard microwave format. <laughs> there are... I mean, like, we have ovens that are all the... Like, we use the same temperatures. Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't, like, have, like, oh, well, that's a Maytag, so it uses the bloop-bop scale. <laughs> like, no, there should be one standard, like, way that we measure the the radiation that you use in your microwave and figure out whatever the easiest way to communicate that is. Have a system. Have every microwave work out that system. If it wants to have extra buttons or features, sure. But, like, I should be able to know, like, looking at a microwave, like, ooh, I want, you know... 30 seconds at 900 joules or whatever. I know that's not correct, but whatever the, the measurement would be. So you've said this before. You're going to say this again. This entire thing. Okay. And take two. <laughs> I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. <laughs> so the first one's Andrew to hurt the potentials. And I like that Andrew, like previously I had said, and I will now take this back. I will eat crow yet again tonight. Whoa. So much crow. Put it in a pie. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Crow pie. <laughs> Everything's be- better with the flaky golden crust. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I went to a dirty place. Oh, God. I <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for going into a dirty place, guys. <laughs> Coughing fit. Oh, God, I'm, uh, no, my brain made that work. Anyways, because of syphilis. <laughs> we're going back to Moulin Rouge and coughing because <laughs> you were dirty. Anyways. Wait, are you, this, it sounds like you're, like, shaming Nicole Kidman's character. Safid, is that it? I'm not. The movie did. Okay, because okay. it, 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 it does... <laughs> It did sound familiar. You're like, ah, thank God that that whore got syphilis. No, it's very sad, but it is what happened. That's not the funny syphilis. <laughs> or was it syphilis? I don't forget. It was tuberculosis. That's right. Syphilis is a funnier word. Yeah. If any of you stackers <laughs> out there have syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> don't reveal your private medical information to me. Or use the hashtag. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> syphilis stacks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop encouraging it! Oh, it's gonna be our hit spinoff podcast. No. <laughs> Ugh. 
Anyways, I pretty And we've contracted the syphilis stack. Dumb! Oh my god! I'm sorry. We want people to listen. And not have syphilis. But you and would you listen to No. No one will because you might catch something by listening. That's not how syphilis works. Guys, I'm so tired. I'm so sick. <laughs> Anyways, uh in the past I had said that Andrew just globs on to whoever is the most powerful in the room. So if it was Warren, when it was Jonathan, when it was the first, when it was Buffy, he has no loyalty or mind of his own. Hey, here, the first is offering him that opportunity, and he immediately rejects it and says, absolutely not, I'm going to be a good person. But it doesn't last super long. The first wants him to get Willow's gun. Spoiler alert, Andrew's playing the first for a chump. Oh shit. Or I mean, he does eventually, but I don't know if he necessarily knew that at this point or if it was just like, uh, okay, uh and then like thought about it later. At this I like point I think it's more like please yeah. get out of the room now. Yeah. I would this is how I'm going to get you to I'm leave v- me I'm alone. Very anxious. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, and I'm gonna go talk to Willow after yeah. you leave. Also, according to my notes, I think I meant Andrew, but uh my notes say guns don't kill people, Anakin's kill people. <laughs> Also that. That also works. Side Especially note, younglings. Not really, you know, on topic, but it is a true statement. <laughs> uh, so we get a call back to Don spilling pizza on Buffy's shirt. Yay! I love that callback. Anya is jealous of Xander's date. Meanwhile, Spike's okay with it, but like, not really. Yeah. He's like, I'm fine, Buffy, I'm fine. I'm just going to stare after you wistfully. Don't go. I don't want to wait. Life to be over, even though technically my life's been over for the years. Babe, babe. There's little to no info on Principal Wood on Google, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Giles, it'll be even weirder now. It's super weird now. Yeah, now it's, you can type in any word and get ten thousand pages. No. Uh, and Giles' bad drawing skills strikes again. He's got those terrible flashcards oh, for Chowan. Adorable. So much blood. Didn't you see the flashcards? Buffy and Robin's date takes them down a scary, scary alley. And Buffy has the right idea, like, why are we hanging out in a murder alley? This yeah. is not a good first date territory. She's the slayer. She knows the rules. They are bombarded by a gang of vampires. Fight! And she takes them out, and after she does so, she's like, you set me up, you son of a... But no! What? Robin's currently taking two on all by himself. He's fighting two. And it is shot weirdly because they're trying to like disguise what is happening with Robin in Buffy's fight, where it's just like they're just kind of jostling around in a way yeah. that's like, what's actually going on there? What's going on behind him? So at dinner, he fills her in. He's Nikki Woodson. He's avenging his mother. It's very Batman. Yeah, very, very so Batman. I'll just keep killing vamps till I find the one who very killed blade. my mother. I haven't seen it. It's yeah, it's it's very blade except that he's not half vampire, because his mom wasn't bitten while she was pregnant, yeah. and then he he's not a day walk. I mean, he is a day walker, and then he can walk in the daytime. Sure, but yeah, that's because he's human. Yeah. yeah, they're all day walkers technically. Did it feel weird to you that? And I, I, there are definitely restaurants where it's like in a weird, out of the way place that didn't bother me, but the fact that the restaurant was huge and crowded. I, it, it does now that you bring it up. Not, not like it's the biggest restaurant I've ever seen, but for like 
a a restaurant that can only be accessed through Long Murder Alley. Yeah. And like the door is just like the door to my house. Yeah. It seems like a huge restaurant that's very crowded. And he refers to it as a little French cafe later. It's not a little French cafe. Jonathan continues to pressure Andrew. Uh, so, but like, hey, Mike, just, just so I know, do you have any weaknesses or allergies that I should know about? I should, certainly hope there's no, uh, no peanuts in this water. Oh, with that, that, mm, it just, so. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> Jonathan Mealy, are you wearing a wire? And the, the, the funny, like, just cut to Willow taking off the headphones. So the first punishes Andrew with guilt because it can't technically do anything. Yeah. And go, Andrew. He's, he's just, he's standing up to him. And he says, yeah. killing girls is wrong. Yeah. And I deserve to pay for what I did to Jonathan, but that will come after we defeat you. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's great. I needed this no, moment for him. True, but it's sweet. We don't know. I mean, we see him an angel. Oh, it's fair. And he's not in prison. That's fair. For murder. That's, yep. <laughs> yep. So, I mean. Take it back. You're right. Yeah. I do love that the first Jonathan clearly fucking hates Andrew. Yeah. I just love that choice of him just being like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. It's just, just like being so frustrated with like, this idiot. <laughs> so Xander's date is a demon. Wait, I, I think you're thinking of um, the, the praying mantis lady episode. Oh no, that was that was season two, right? Season one or two. One, one or two. Yeah. yeah, no, this isn't that one. It's a different demon. Oh, it's uh, when when he, he was uh, into the mummy girl. No, that that was I think season two. No, yeah, no. Oh, he, oh, oh uh, it's uh, uh, Anya. You're talking about Anya. No, she is. She was a demon. No, but not oh, okay. not that one. Different demon. Oh, so that happens a lot. <laughs> and it does happen a lot. Uh, which is funny because I did not see this coming the first time I saw it. But I and mean, it, then once it, like, there's so many subtleties in the way that Ashanti performed the role that right. we're watching it a second time. You just, the foreshadowing is so clear. <laughs> the way she acts in a way that no human being would act. Sure. That was all a character choice. Yeah. The character of a yeah. uh, demon snake lady who turns into like a weird big mouth dude when she dies oh god after she dies you're like oh sander <laughs> you can do better but so just i'll just put this out here i don't like this part of this episode um i i the ongoing joke of xander being attracted to demons is funny but ashanti is a bad actress and it's this cut weird where it's, there's a lot of wasting time i completely yeah. cut out uh, out their date because it's boring yeah and then we just cut to him already tied up in the seal <sighs> yeah just... what do we learn about xander as a character from that's all this? it and that's my next note is that there is no point to this yeah. the only point to this is we get a funny joke about yeah. him being a demon magnet yeah there's, I mean, there's really no point to this storyline. They don't open the seal. Yeah. You know, I'd ra- rather have had, instead of like all the like overlong, pointless Ashanti scenes, like have as much of that as like the bare minimum you need of like maybe a little bit of them meeting and then setting up the date. He's, she says hi on the date, cut to him being bled. Like use that like, 
don't know, minute or two of screen time, maybe set up Anya's going on a date too. And like, she just has like a little like 30 second monologue where she's way too open about something. And then the date's over. And there will at least be like a funny thing. Or, you know, we see the whole Anya being jealous of Xander's date thing. Mm -hmm. Why not if, you know, why not have them figure out where Xander is? And Anya comes to the rescue and kills evil chick. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of this like reconciliation moment where she admits that she still at least cares whether he lives or dies. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something for Anya to do. That. Yeah. I feel like this should have been Anya's move. Yeah. Uh, so Xander sends Willow a warning text, but he's already tied up. Yeah, like when did he, was he like, uh, I'm going into the basement. I could be getting laid, but you might be a demon. Better send the text just in case. Yeah, and this is, I mean, like the phone makes a noise, right? She takes out her phone and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a text from Xander. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it was, she just didn't hear her phone go off an hour yeah. ago. But yeah, again, when, as she was tying him up, I assume he was unconscious when that happened. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're being tied up, you'd be struggling, not texting with one yeah. hand and being like, oh, wait, Ashanti, away. Buffy didn't take her phone, which is good because Spike is just itching to interrupt her date. He's like, I'll go get her. No, no, no. We'll text her. Uh, uh, her phone's off. I'll go get her. No, 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 no. And it's like, oh, just let him go. He wants to go. And he interrupts her date beautifully, right as Robin is literally feeding Buffy brandy-soaked oh. pears. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that, like, their date's going really well. And, like, he's a very pretty man. Mm-hmm. But this es- episode is the beginning and ending of their, like, romantic flirting. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, why would it have to be if she was actually interested? If she's not, why isn't that addressed? They both seem interested in each other. They have chemistry in this scene. He's not evil. Well, yeah, like, you could make the argument that it's just he's so upset about finding out Spike killed his mom, and maybe that Buffy and Spike are friends, that he's not interested, but it's never, like... It does, I mean, I shouldn't say it's never. It's probably going to be addressed. Yeah, I just forgot because yeah. it was so minimal. Um, like a lot of things in this season, which I'm, I'm sure we said or will imply, is this ever get addressed? Oh, I guess it does. But we'll keep an eye out for it because we'll it's, it, out, if yeah. both of our memories are that like, mm, why does this relationship go somewhere? Yeah. So I understand it, yeah. that after Robin tries to kill Spike, but yeah, of course, after yeah. that point, you'd be like, no. Yeah. Did they CGI Ashanti's demon eyes? I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I can't they seem tell. Like, in a couple shots, they seem like real iffy looking. Yeah, like I've, I've never noticed it before. I've just been like, oh, yeah, contacts that exist. Yeah. But there's a, once or twice when I'm like, I don't think that eyeball is in her head anymore. I think it moved. Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, why they have the awkward um, when she's beheaded, she turns into like this weird different monster form. If, I like, like that only because it really humiliates Xander even further. But they don't even like do anything about that though. But they're just like the fact that like, oh no, that wasn't a shoddy. That was like a weird wide mouth orc. Yeah. It was yeah. gross. But she is super strong. She takes out Buffy and Spike. While Robin tries to cut down Xander, the seal starts to open and a Torakan reaches. Uh, hand reaches out, mm-hmm. but it closes in time and cuts off the arm. Uh, they at least use real blood. Good. Yes. Fabulous. The well, seal one sucks, thing I can give this episode. Sure. Yeah. Buffy beheads Ashanti. She becomes a gross demon. Thanks for the great date. 
Once Xander gets home, he's decided to turn gay. And we get this whole jokey, Uh you know, gave me up. I'm picturing Scott Bakula naked. To which Andrew says, ooh, Captain Archer. Andrew, I know this is... It's going to be hard. Cause I love that I can recognize you did your lean back. I got a thing to say. Go ahead. I, say your thing. So, Andrew, you know, I back you up so much of the time. You, you, Broadway Matthew, uh, Broadway Matthew, he is cold. Yep. Babe Two Pig in the City. We'll, we'll get into it later. Out of field trip, probably. It is underrated. But Captain Archer, if you're going to crush... from? Enterprise, which was like a oh. funny in joke at the time, because Enterprise was also airing, oh, like, okay, you know, at the same time as 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 Buffy. So I get why they did it, but, I mean, but if you're gonna swoon after Scott Bakula, it's Quantum. It's Quantum Leap, man. Got to be Quantum. Yeah, you're like oh, it's like come on, come on. You you're doing nerds a disservice if you're swooning after Scott Bakula. Swoon after Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula. Every day, every goddamn day. Uh, so Giles is pissed. He's not in a joking mood. Mm-hmm. He's like, you guys, this is serious. You, yeah. You're playing. You're going on dates. We need to be serious. I don't really know what he says. That's kind of what he says. Yeah. Your- well, I, I like it because it, it feels like it's about to be another like big season seven speech. But it's just like just, he basically says, grow the fuck up and, and leaves. Yeah. I, I kind of like it for that, that it's not like. And these are the times that will try men's souls. We will fight them on the beaches. Yeah. Like, he's just like, this is serious. We could all die. Grow the fuck up. And walks out. And I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to call speech. Like, lie, this moment. Only because, like, it makes Giles kind of come off as, like, a real jerk. Because it's not like they had stuff that they were doing that they shirked in favor of these dates. They're still human beings. Mm. And Giles has always kind of come down and Buffy like, you want to try out for cheerleading? You have a sacred duty. But I mean, there's a difference between that scene and this one where you're like, whoa, whoa, dad, Mm -hmm. calm down, dad. I feel like that's more a problem with this season, not being able to, properly bestow the weight on the situation that it should have mm. and that this should be like different from the other times that the apocalypse was about to happen this should be like you know they're going to war yeah in a way that they haven't before and that i think this speech yeah i guess in, in the way the season plays out now it does come off harsher than it should but, like, it should, in retrospect, be ridiculous that they thought, like, we're just going to go on some fun dates when they're in the middle of, like, secret World War Three against evil the first. Yeah. Nikki Wood appears to Robin. Obviously, it's the first, uh, which Wood doesn't fall for, except that uh, Nikki gives him some information because she's non-corporeal. She can, it's all she can do. And she says, the vamp that you fought with tonight... Is the one who killed me. Uh-oh. Thank and, you. Yeah, I do like the moment that like she's trying to be like, did I raise you that way? And he's mm-hmm. like, you didn't raise me at all. Like she's trying to say yeah. traditional mom-isms, and he's not falling for it until after she gives him that information and she yeah. says, Now what do you say? Thank you. No, that's that's an effective moment. Um do you find it weird? I, I just it bums me out that it's not the same actress from when we saw her before. Yeah. That just always bumps me out. 
and I just want to be clear, what are the rules of Ghost Mom? <laughs> well, you can definitely walk through Ghost Mom. Yeah. We learned that rule. Yeah. We can, we can walk through Ghost Mom. Um, this actress looks familiar. She does. I'm going to have to IMDB her. Yeah. That means look her up on I'm, the, the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> so what do you think about this one? Uh, skip it. <laughs> Yeah, you get the the revelation about Principal Wood. Like, maybe watch that last scene. Yeah. That last scene is pretty good. I mean, that season, isn't that what we say for all seasons? I mean, just watch the last scene. Yeah, it's definitely the, se- the yeah. season of watch the last five minutes. Because, like, there's a couple of bits that are fun. Like, I guess it's, it's, it's fun that they brought back the pizza stain. Sure. But that's not worth watching a whole episode. No. Like, it, it is... In a season that is so full of things that didn't reach their full potential, I know I, there's no other word that is at, accurate to describe what I'm trying to say. Uh, it, this just feels like such a waste. Yeah. Because it's just a bunch of weird odds and ends, most of which feel like they absolutely didn't need to be here. The whole, like, Xander going on a date with Ashanti the Demon did nothing Yeah, for anything it just was one more example of a joke yeah and and you know buffy's thing the only thing that came out of her storyline was to get principal woods backstory which is important it certainly is and that's a great revelation i actually really love that revelation the idea that like a slayer had a kid and he's dedicated himself to fighting evil i love that that's great you know what would have been and this probably budgetary reasons they didn't do something like this what I would have thought would be a much cooler episode, um, and maybe it's it's you know something that's you know they have a little bit of wraparound on either end to you know get the new characters the other stuff that kind of gets jostled around, but have a lot of the episode be actually seeing his backstory. Yeah, sure. Like they've done with a lot of other characters, where it's like you see as they're growing up what they're going through. You see his twenties that he he talks about. Yeah, like that. That be would cool. be interesting, and it would make the character feel more fleshed out, which was has always been one of my problems with him, is that it's not that it's badly performed or the idea of his character isn't great. Just with in such a crowded season, this character, it, it feels like what I, I don't know you. very stiff because they don't give him much to do. Yeah, and he doesn't have much personality outside of his, like, this is my mission. Sure. And then after that's done, woo. yeah. yeah. Uh, bye. So, would you be ready to go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon, das Rhein de Fleisch Canoe. Rifle, international. I only found two titles that were different. And neither one of them were that great. For the killer in me, the French alternate title, Duel. <sighs> sure. That is, that, this is surprising because you would think the killer in me would be rife with international titles it's not like a common phrase yeah although apparently in germany it is the german title is just the killer in me well i mean germany sorry germany but you got a reputation for the people um, who gave a shot in freud yeah yeah <laughs> um and then again uh first date french dangerous date you're not wrong you're, yep you're not wrong i can't I can't say 
well, that makes no sense. It's just... The only thing weird about the title First Date is that last episode was also a first date. That is weird. Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. You get real meta and say, like, the idea of Giles being the first. No, uh, no I'm just going to go with Alyssa. I, I just was glad to see that the Shonda character did not live on to the next episode. That's fair. Um, I'm going to say that in the alley when the vamps jump Buffy and Robin, there's one that Buffy jumps on a vampire's back and stakes him and then kind of like rides his desk down. That is that is, like, that was pretty cool. I do remember yeah. liking that. Oh, that was cool. She's using, yeah. you know. Her pet, they're making use of her petite height to do something. Yeah. Rocket raccoon style. Yeah. The white shirt count for this week. It's one. Yeah. And that's only if you count her little white tank top. Yeah. The speech the count. One? Huh? The stained one? The thing she's wearing when she's waiting for the yeah. stained one to be cleaned. Yeah. Two if you count the stained one. Speech count for this week. Only one if you count Giles. And I don't. I think that's more of a statement. I agree. It's not a real speech. I don't count it either. So, hey, this week, bucking those trends. No white shirts, no speeches. Which, I mean, you know what? That does make me think as much as, like, the – well, the speech is not really the white shirts. There are a lot of things that are wrong with season seven. I, that comes up a lot more negative than I mean it to. But, like – it's not just like the things that are tro- like the tropes of what the problems with season seven are. Yeah. That it's speeches. And that is, you know, those aren't that great. But there are other issues that the, the season has, as we've pointed out. Um, and I think one of the ones that is a trope that I am finally ready to really commit to just it's a problem is how Kennedy is written. Yeah. I think the actress is great. Does the best she can. Honestly, she has chemistry with Ellison Hannigan. They sure, like yeah. work as a couple in theory if they were written better. Yeah. Yeah. The combination of Kennedy not being written well and just not much happening. Yeah, which is so weird for like the final season that's supposed to be like. Because my memory of Angel's final season is that like they were trying to cram in too fucking much. Like there were things yeah. that was like that should have gotten two episodes and just got one. They were just cramming in all the guest stars and just yeah. put them in there. And then Buffy is just like, we're still dragging our feet. Well, and, and the thing that I, I really like about the last season of Angel is that they still find time to make really cool, interesting one-off episodes. Yeah. Which, like, season seven really has been dragging their feet on that as well. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off Get It Done and Storyteller when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. Get her done! Get her done!